Hello and welcome to the Bank on Dividends podcast. My name is Banky and I will be your guide into the wonderful world of dividend investing. It's been a whole week since our last podcast episode titled Distracted by Profit and Loss and a lot has changed and lots have happened. So I've got so much to talk about today and so much to update you on. But remember, no matter what's happening in the markets, you can always bank on dividends. Welcome back. This week's episode is titled Know Your Numbers. But before we get into this week's episode, I just want to take the time to thank all of the listeners out there for listening into this podcast week on week. I really appreciate it. Thank you for interacting and, you know, getting involved and following on Instagram and Twitter and listening to the podcast every week. If you like this podcast, do me a huge favor and continue to share and repost and pass this podcast on to other people that you think will benefit from it. Thank you so much. So what numbers am I talking about? Well, in this episode, you're going to find out the numbers you need to know when building a portfolio you can bank on. Let's go. Quick reminder, I am not a financial advisor and anything said in this podcast is not meant to be considered as financial advice. And with that being said, we go straight into the first set of numbers that you need to know when building a dividend portfolio. Now, this one sounds really simple, but the first numbers you need to know is how many positions you have in your portfolio or how many investments you have. It sounds simple, but so many people I meet say, yeah, I invest. Yeah, I invest. And I ask them, what did they invest in? And they tell me they don't really know. They just kind of heard a stock that is good. So they bought it. And I ask them, well, okay, so how many investments do you have in total? And they say, well, I'm diversified. So I don't really know the total number that I have. And this is complete bonkers to me. How could, how will you know if you're over or under diversified, um, or even if the investments you have are doing you well or making you a loss, if you don't know the total number that you have. I've heard of people having 500 investments, buying every stock that they, you know, that someone will recommend to them. And again, this just sounds crazy. If you don't know the number of investments you have, you really don't know where your money is and you're asking for something to go wrong. Also, if you make a huge gain or a huge loss, it's unlikely that you know which one of those positions contributed to that. And then you're really just shooting in the dark, throwing your money in as many different stocks, hoping that one of them will be the one that take off. So that's number one. Know your number of investments. Number two, it's actually two sets of numbers. That is your expected dividends and your underlying dividend growth rate for your portfolio. Now, let me just explain these terms before we talk about them. If you're a dividend investor and you buy stocks that pay dividends, and even if you're not a dividend investor, you are likely to have some stocks that actually pay a dividend. So you would want to know when these stocks pay the dividends, how regular they are, and how much you should expect, especially if you want to reinvest those dividends or you want to cash them out and, you know, do whatever you like with them. So you really need to know your expected dividends. Now, the second number was the underlying dividend growth rate for your portfolio. Let's say you have three really well-known dividend paying stocks. For argument's sake, let's pick Realty Income, um, Johnson & Johnson, and let's pick a UK stock. Let's go for GlaxoSmithKline. Sorry about the pause. So we've got Realty Income, Johnson & Johnson, and GlaxoSmithKline. They all pay dividends, right? 
But if you don't know when they pay dividends, for example, Realty Income pays dividends every single month. The other two pay dividends quarterly. If you don't know that, you won't be able to understand your underlying dividend growth. How often do they raise their dividends and what does this mean for your portfolio? Is your portfolio growing or are the companies cutting their dividend? There's so much we could say here. And, you know, if you don't know these two figures, I will not class you as a dividend investor. It's simple as that. You may say you may like dividends, you may be fond of them, but if you have no clue or you don't have a rough idea of what kind of dividends you should be expecting, then it's tough to say you're a dividend investor. Dividend investing is about growing your dividends to a stage that you can achieve your goals, whatever they may be. For example, my goal is to live off of my dividends. So obviously, I need to know how much dividends I have and how quickly they are growing. If you don't know those two points, then really, you should just consider a different style of investing. And I just want to add how do you actually find out these numbers? Well, you can do what I do and track them manually in Excel, but there are a number of dividend tracking platforms. Uh, SimplySaveDividends.com is a great one. Also, Stock Events, link it in the show notes um, and, you know, check out the link tree. You can use them to track your top 15 positions and they will tell you when your dividends are coming out and when your next dividend is coming up. So there are a number of platforms, uh, even if you use something like uh, Seeking Alpha or Yahoo Finance, they will give you a good example of your underlying growth and the dividends you should expect on a monthly basis and an annual basis. Yeah, so definitely, definitely make sure you track your dividends and keep an eye on your dividends. Are they growing every month, every quarter, every year? It's just really key to your overall portfolio growth. And talking about dividends, we're actually going to do a shout out. We haven't done a shout out in a while, but we're going to do two this episode. And the first shout out actually goes to myself. Uh, and that's because I broke my personal best for dividends received in the month of July. And if you follow me on Instagram, you will know exactly how many dividends or how much I received in dividends this month. And if you don't follow me on Instagram, why not? Go over there and follow me now. Thank you. And the second shout out goes to Free Trade. So, Free Trade actually won the UK's best online broker. They took the crown from Trading 212 for the first time. Free Trade, well done. They've rolled out a bunch of new features and they're really doing great things. I think Trading 212 have also had a number of issues that have plagued them this year. So, Free Trade has taken the crown. And if you don't have an account with Free Trade, check the link in the episode descriptions and you can open your Free Trade account and get a free share courtesy of them. You know, why not? It's free money, right? The next number you need to know when building a portfolio you can bank on is actually your portfolio beta. Now, again, we need to do a little bit of explanation. If you don't know what the beta is, your beta is a measure of your portfolio's risk relative to the market. And every stock will have a beta. Uh, a beta of one is in line with the market. A beta below one will mean it's less risky than the market. And a beta above one will mean it's more risky than the market. So for example, if a stock, let's say, I don't know, we'll just, we'll just make up a stock, Banky, Banky stock has a, a beta of 1.5. It means when the market goes up, 
that stock, it, the stock price is expected to go up by 1.5. And if the market goes down, then that stock price can go down by 1.5. So that's what a beta is. It's a measure of relative risk. Now your portfolio made up of all your different investments will have a portfolio beta. And the way you calculate this is taking a weighted average of the individual stocks betas for your portfolio. So I know it sounds complicated, but it's not so. Your portfolio beta is a nice to know. It is not an essential number because your portfolio beta, like I said, is a measure of your portfolio's relative volatility or risk. It is good to keep an eye on, but it is not an essential number. I use it because I like to know which positions in my portfolio are adding the most volatility to my overall holdings. And that is quite key. We're going to talk about two more sets of numbers that we really need to know, and they are harder to define. So like portfolio beta, these might be numbers that you don't necessarily want to calculate yourself, but it is good to find a way to track these. The last two numbers that you need to know are your portfolio dividend yield or yield on cost and your portfolio dividend safety score. Now, if we start with yield, yield is just a fancy word for return or return on cost. So if you spent £100 buying a stock and it pays you annually a £7 dividend, your yield on that stock is 7%. Very simple. It's important when building a dividend portfolio, not to be a yield chaser. Now, the word yield chaser is very, very key, and I see a lot of people making this mistake. You need to consider your dividend safety along with your yield. If you have a company that's giving you a 50% return or yield, then it's likely that that dividend is going to be relatively unsafe. A good dividend paying stock will be between 1% and possibly 3% dividend yield and those will be the safest slow growing dividend paying companies. There are companies that pay higher yields. Um, I've seen as high as 12% but again your dividend safety may not be the best with those kind of stocks. So this is something really to consider. There is a trade-off between dividend return and dividend safety. Again, simplysavedividends.com so far has the best dividend safety score that I have seen out there. But again, there are many ways that you can proxy this value. Most people I know will use a derivation of the free cash flow per share divided by the annual dividend to give them a proxy for um, a dividend safety, but dividend safety also includes things that are less tangible, like, you know, their dividend history, the number of increases. There are many analysts working night and day to rate these companies. There are companies that are known for being ridiculously safe for dividend investors um, and companies that are less safe and companies that have gone from being safe to not being safe. Now, I encourage everyone to look at the dividend aristocrats and the dividend kings. And if you don't know what those are, dividend aristocrats are stocks that have paid a dividend for 25 years. And dividend kings are 
stocks that have paid a dividend for 50 years. And then you also have a third category, which are dividend contenders, which are companies that have almost paid dividends for 25 years. But um, look at those, focus in the US, Europe, and all developed markets, and you will definitely find a long list of dividend paying companies. It's easy, you can Google it, you can use Yahoo Finance, you can use um, Seeking Alpha, pretty much every platform, even um, investing.com, and probably your broker will have some level of insight into the dividend payment history. So with these last two numbers, dividend yield and dividend safety, they are a bit more subjective, but the good thing is you don't have to do much work to figure them out. All you have to do is Google. Um, and if you can find a reliable source like Seeking Alpha, Yahoo Finance, Morningstar, if you only have 10 to 15 investments in your portfolio, then it's easy to just check them one by one and make sure you're actually happy with the return that you're getting on the cost that you paid and that you think these stocks are actually quite safe for paying dividends. Wow, that was a lot. So let's summarize. First of all, know how many investments you have and how much they contribute to your overall portfolio position. Secondly, know your expected annual dividends and the underlying growth rate in your dividends. Third, consider checking your portfolio beta to know how volatile your portfolio is compared to the wider market. And finally, know your portfolio dividend safety and return on cost. Please keep in mind that this is not an extensive list of all the numbers that you should consider when building a dividend portfolio, but these are some of the ones that people often forget and often miss. Thank you for listening. You've been listening to the Bank on Dividends podcast. My name is Banky, and remember, no matter what's happening in the markets, you can always bank on dividends.